Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 23 years. By day, I'm a process analyst in the power industry, and by night, I'm an author, blogger, and virtual assistant. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jesse Tuggy, and I've had type 1 for 7 years. I love hiking and painting, and I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 33 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, we're discussing how to tell if you're taking too much insulin. In this age of sky-high insulin costs, we'd rather people know how to naturally reduce their insulin than risk the high cost of diabulimia and other insulin rationing methods because of the price. A quick reminder for everyone, if you have any questions about type 1 diabetes, please leave us a comment or send an email to colleen at inspiredforward.com. Jess, you are up for the win of the week. All right. So as some of you might know, I recently got my wisdom teeth pulled out of my jaw, which was not so fun. But I did have a pro. I wore my CGM, so my doctors, my dentist, and my dad knew my blood sugar the entire time while I was under, while I was drugged up, and while I was asleep. So there was no worry with my blood sugars or what I needed to do. So I was very proud of myself because I pre-planned. And sometimes I don't do that very well, but this time I did it really well. So that was my win. Unfortunately, Colleen, you're up with our fail of the week. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's just kind of how it goes. We rotate those. I do want to comment on your win. That's awesome that you had your CGM on for that because when I had my wisdom teeth out, I did I wasn't even on the CGM. So I kind of had to play the game of what was my blood sugar when I went in and what's my blood sugar when I come out. So my fail of the week is the night before I left on my business trip on Monday, I put my fly basal profile on. And when I did that, I was coming down from a high And I ended up waking up about four or five times during the night to correct for lows. And I think I had like six different Smarty rolls that night and I woke up with my mouth feeling really gross. It's just another reminder to avoid overbolusing for highs, especially the night before a trip. And also to continue testing my fly profile to make sure I'm not overdoing it. Jesse, what's our hack this week? All right. So it actually took me some time to think about this, but our hack for this week is to always be updated on diabetic news. Now, I never realized how important this was until a couple months ago when we started doing diabetic news in our show. So for me, it was really interesting because I found out how my pump will be connected to my phone within the next couple of years through diabetes in the news before my doctor actually did. So that was, or not before my doctor did, but like before she told me that it was happening, I knew. So that was pretty cool. So always pay attention to the news on topics that you are interested in or that you find are best applicable to your life. Did you also hear about the Medtronic recall that may or may not affect your pump? No. If your pump was affected, you should have gotten a a letter from Medtronic in November. Yeah, then I didn't get that fine. (laughs) Okay, well, it was in, uh, I think, last week's episode. Okay, um, cool. Two weeks ago episode, so as of this recording. Okay, I'll go back and listen to that one, because I wasn't wasn't available at that moment, so... (laughs) Yeah, they something with a retainer ring on the reservoir. So I know you. Oh, you, mine already broke with that one a couple like 
during the summer. So. Oh, okay. So you're covered. You have a, a, yeah. a new pump that's not affected. Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Since your retainer ring already broke. Yeah. All right. Into our episode now. It seems to me that many diabetics are overprescribed for their insulin. For people like me, and by that I mean lucky to have really good health insurance and the ability to afford copay for my insulin, this is great because it means I can stock up for the apocalypse. But for others, it means that they actually use up all the insulin they're prescribed and end up with really horrible blood sugars, they gain weight, or both. We talked in episode six about what insulin is and how it works in the body, and we'll do a short recap here to bring you up to speed if you haven't listened to that episode yet. Insulin is a hormone, and it's a hormone that controls how the body uses sugar and glucose for energy. With type 1 diabetes, the pancreas does not produce insulin, and so there's nothing in the bloodstream to let sugar into the cells for use as fuel. With type 2 diabetes, the pancreas produces insulin, but the body has difficulty letting the insulin work. Taking too much insulin is a much bigger problem for type 2 diabetics than it is for type 1 diabetics, but I wanted to talk about this today because I'm a type 1 who was definitely using too much insulin five years ago. With overusing insulin, you don't notice it right away. It's definitely like a hidden side effect to being diabetic is having too much insulin in your system. And it, it can't cause like long-term effects. You'll just, you'll slowly notice like, okay, what am I doing with my life and what needs to change? So that's just what I've found goes with overusing insulin. So we broke this into sections. And the first section is wild blood sugar swings. Wild blood sugar swings mean you're overcompensating with the insulin on the highs and then eating the kitchen with the lows, swinging you back up to the high. And right before I switched to low carb in 2016, I experienced three major blood sugar swings from way up in the 300s all the way down to 40 or below in about eight hours. My liver depleted its glucagon that first crash, and it took over 300 carbs to bring me out of the last low blood sugar. I was 100% using way too much insulin to bring down those highs. I was probably rage bolusing, and especially when stacking insulin because of how frustrated I was to be that high to begin with. Rage bolusing. Also, I was just going to add like to be very careful when you're on a sensor because you can rage bolus a lot when you see that you're high and that you're not going down, but you're not eating anything. That's so my right, su- right? <laughs> so my suggestion would be to just eat something, take a minute, maybe like just, just take a break, put your pump in another room for a minute or two, calm down, drink some water, and then come back to it when you're more clear-headed. And then definitely try and figure out what's going on with your blood sugar and with your sensor. You also might be experiencing a failed site or you'll have old insulin and you just need to change your site out, which is what I did earlier. So I'm expecting my blood sugar to go down soon. The next section is maybe you're overweight like me. Because insulin is a hormone that directly affects the blood sugar, when there's too much insulin, blood sugar drops and the result is to eat carbohydrates to bring the blood sugar back up. Dr. Jason Fung in his book, The Obesity Code, said that he can make anyone fat by prescribing insulin. When you take more insulin than you need, you compensate for the low blood sugars by eating the kitchen, and then we gain weight. In the episode on basal rates, I brought up a simple equation to use to find out if you're using too much insulin based on your weight. It's not that scientific and shouldn't be used as a rule for determining what your dosage should actually be, but it's a good place to start with your doctor. So take your weight in pounds and divide by four. That number is the total daily dose of insulin to maintain that weight. 
if your true total daily dose is higher than that number, you're likely taking too much insulin. When I was at my highest weight, it actually shocked me that when I did this little math problem, the number was actually a lot lower than my real total daily dose. When I weighed 225 pounds, I think my total daily dose was between 70 and 80 units a day. But according to my weight, I should have been around 56. That extra insulin was the equivalent of maintaining around 300 pounds. So no wonder my weight kept going up. My total daily dose now is around 35 units, which is the maintenance total daily dose for 140 pounds, which is my goal weight. Being overweight as a type 1 diabetic is a lot more common than I'd like, and it's probably because many diabetics are using too much insulin to compensate for the swings from eating too many carbs. And you can hear more about our opinions on what type 1 diabetics should eat in episode 5. Just be careful of your blood sugar swings, and definitely if you're trying to lose weight, I would look into either going low carb or even joining like activities that might lower your blood sugar. So for me, it was running. And then that's what lowers my basal rates every time I go to the doctor and I'm running is due to that extra activity. And you might see like, even if you're not trying to like necessarily lose weight, but lower your blood sugars, joining an activity or doing something that involves a lot of physical exertion would definitely be beneficial to this. Yeah. You just have to be careful about like watching your blood sugars, managing them while you're doing it so you don't drop too low right away. Our next section is you're always low or you're experiencing frequent lows. If you've always got low blood sugars or you're frequently experiencing low blood sugars, you might be using too much insulin, either via basal rates or you're bolusing too much for what you're eating. Both of those mean you need to do some experiments to find out what your real needs are. The threshold for a biological low blood sugar is 50 or 55 mgdl. This is a number you really don't want to go below. Frequent lows are dangerous because the more you have them, the more likely you are to develop hypo-unawareness, which means you can't feel when you're low, and that can be extremely dangerous, especially in conditions and scenarios where you put other people at risk, like when you're driving a car. Going low like that also makes your liver dump glucagon into your bloodstream in an effort to arrest the low. And once all that glucagon is used up, it won't replenish for something like 24 hours or more. This means that you're more likely to experience repeated lows after a crash like that and must rely on external sugar sources to keep from crashing again. This is what happened in early 2016 when I switched to low carb. I crashed those three times over a period of eight hours and my liver was just done after that first crash. Our next section is your A1C is low, but you have roller coaster blood sugars. So maybe your A1C is low, like in the 6% range or even lower, and yet your blood sugars look like they're on a roller coaster most of the time. A lot of lows can bring down an A1C, but it's not the way to have a good A1C. That's why the new time and range metric is a missing piece to knowing your true measure of control. Time and range calculates the percentage of time you're in a range of acceptable blood sugars, like between 90 and 180. My acceptable range is 83 to 140, and my time and range is over 80% for most days, which I, I find quite pleasing. If you have a Dexcom sensor, the Dexcom Clarity app will show you your time and range for different time ranges up to 90 days, and you can define your own range in the app. Most of the research on time and range, especially for the Control IQ update in the tandem pumps, is measured based on a range of 90 to 180, if I remember correctly. So my range is tighter than that. When you spend a lot of time in range, you're not as likely to be experiencing roller coaster blood sugars, and your A1C will be kind of a, a better true measure of your, of your control. Right. And I believe in the last episode I was in doing this, my hack was also related to 
figuring out what your time and range was as well for the Medtronic 670G and sensor as well. Do you want to do a quick recap for us here? Yeah, definitely. So what you're going to do is you're going to go into, I'm actually going to do this while I walk you through it. Okay, so you're first going to open up your pump and everything. You might hear some clicking in the background just because I am going through this on my pump. And reminder, it is a 670G Medtronic pump. Yes, it is. So if you don't have a 670G or a 670 period with the Medtronic, this will not apply to you. So you're going to open up your pump. You're going to go all the way down to options. You're going to go to, I believe it's history. You're going to go to summary and then you can select the number of days that you want to go through. So one day, seven days, 14 days, or 30 days. Let's do the last 30 days for me. And it's going to load for a minute. Mine's loading right now. Okay. So then it's going to present you with the summary of the last 30 days. So it's going to have time in auto mode, time in target range. For me, I haven't been wearing my sensor like I should be. So it's only two hours and 54 minutes, which is 12% of the time. Time below range, which is 1%. Time above range, which is 10%, which should be lower, but you know, I'm working on it. And then it'll give you like an average over the last 30 days of how many carbs you've eaten, boluses for carbs, and then basal rates as well. So our last section for this is how to fix it. The number one method I think people should try to naturally reduce how much insulin they use is to eat low carb because that's worked for me. But before you do that, you should definitely do some basal and bolus ratio testing to find out if your current settings are just way too off for what you're eating right now or if you need to do something else. Understand that just like everything else with type 1 diabetes, it's a process. It takes experimentation and the willingness to find out what doesn't work before we find out what does work. The last thing I want you to do is decide to ration your insulin or use too much insulin. Awareness is the first step. And we actually had another listener question. Earlier this week, I got an email from Dan who wanted to know if my Dexcom Clarity apps were indicative of my low A1C. In the Clarity app, it will show what they call a glucose management indicator, abbreviated GMI, which is supposed to predict your A1C. And I found that my GMI does not correlate to my A1C. My A1Cs are much lower than what my GMI says. For example, the 90-day period leading up to my A1C in December 2019 showed a GMI of 6.2%, while my A1C came back at 5.1%. For the last three months, my GMI is 6.1%, but I've noticed over time that this value really doesn't mean anything to me since it doesn't correlate to my A1C. It's really easy to get caught up in the metrics we track, but it's important to realize that we shouldn't make the metric the goal. If we had a bad diabetes day, that can screw up the averages and what we look at, but that one day is not indicative of how we live our whole lives. It's just a blip on the lifetime radar of diabetes. I don't look at my Clarity app very often, but when I do, it's because I'm interested in seeing my time and range over the last whatever time period. And sometimes it's fun to see when my best days were. Sometimes I'm in range 100% for a day. Sometimes I'm not. Actually, most of the times I'm not. But I'm not discouraged or upset if I have a bad diabetes day. Like right now, my blood sugar has been sitting at 170 for hours. It's great. And in a previous episode, I did mention this, where it's the same concept where we were talking about weight. Don't get obsessed with your numbers. This goes applying to weight, applying to your GPA, applying to diabetes. Just because you're having like 
a bad day or a bad test score or a bad weigh-in doesn't mean that it's reflective of you. It just means that it's this one day in these one circumstances. So try not to get, you know, too obsessive. And thank you for your listener question. We always appreciate them. Now it's time for our diabetes spotlight. And this week's spotlight is focused on the insulin for all movement, which I first learned about when interviewing Molly Johannes for episode 28. Insulin for All is a social campaign that unites the diabetes community to fight together for access to diabetes supplies, care, and treatment for everyone. And I'm going to read some stuff from their website. The Insulin for All campaign was launched in the lead up to the World Diabetes Day in 2014 by the Penzi Trust and T1 International. Although World Diabetes Day began in 1991 in order to draw attention to issues of paramount importance to the diabetes world, the charities felt that the true spirit of the day had been lost. Many people living with type 1 diabetes struggle to survive because they cannot afford or access their life-saving insulin, blood glucose strips, or basic health care. Others are caught in conflict where there is little humanitarian assistance for people with diabetes. Many suffer complications and premature death without one or more of the pieces of the diabetes puzzle. The Insulin for All campaign has continued since its launch to raise awareness of the most pressing diabetes issues. You can read more about the origins of the campaigns and how it's developed in the show notes because we'll link to this. Besides the United States, there are chapters in Austria, Bolivia, Canada, France, India, Kuwait, the Philippines, and South Africa. Also, this is a hashtag, so definitely go check it out on social media accounts as well. Right. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, no worries. I'm that Gen like Z or whatever. I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> You're on top of things. What is our question for the audience this week? All right. Our question for our lovely audience is, are you taking too much insulin? Are you trying to find new ways to reduce insulin without compromising your blood sugars? Let us know in the comments or send us emails or reach out to us on social media. We'd love to help in any way we can. That's it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 33. That's the number 33. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, please leave us a comment or send an email. You can get straight to our podcast page by going to thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade, and our audio wizard is my husband, Tim. I'm on all social media as at Inspired Forward, and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. And I'm on Instagram as at JJ underscore Crystal K-A-T. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about this show or about type 1 diabetes. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends, your family, subscribe wherever you listen, leave us a review. And if you want to get new episodes straight in your email inbox, you can go to inspiredforward.com or thisistype1.com and sign up for the email list because roundup emails go out every Saturday morning and they always include the new podcast episodes. Be sure to listen in next week when we talk about why you should have a diabetes mentor or a coach on your care team. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.